here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road, in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give them a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Everybody, Rob McCarron, welcome to Shake Them Ropes. We're going to be joined by Jeff Hawkins and Dylan Hales in just a moment to run down all the happenings of tonight's WWE Extreme Rules and the fallout and future leading into WWE Payback. So we're going to talk about that. A quick announcement regarding Shake Them Ropes. As some of you may know, we do put a uh, video online each week, a video of our episode. It is me. It is Jeff talking wrestling on the YouTubes. From here on out and starting tomorrow, starting with this episode tomorrow, we are going to put our videos on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel. So we we have been putting the podcast up at Voices of Wrestling for a year now, and what we're going to do is just basically put everything together all in one place so you guys know exactly where to find everything and don't have to guess whether it's at ShakeThemRopes.com or ShakeThemRopes YouTube or VoicesOfWrestling.com. We're going to put everything together. So we got our page up at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR, or you can go to Voices of Wrestling and search for Shake Them Ropes, and we'll be right there. And at the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling, YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling, we'll put our videos up there. Everything will be in one. Rich and Joe put their podcast in a static audio form up at VoicesOfWrestling.com. We will continue to put up our shows with video. So an actual TV show up there every week at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And what that's going to allow us to do is do more with video. So we're going to have other podcasts up at Voices of Wrestling's YouTube channel. We're going to have our show up at Voices of Wrestling's YouTube channel. And we're going to kind of experiment with other videos that we can put up. A lot of short videos, a lot of long-length podcasts. We're going to put different things up. So I urge you to subscribe to YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling Subscribe to that podcast channel. All of our new episodes will be up there. We'll keep the Shake Them Ropes episode uh, or channel open to archive all the videos we've already put up on there. Uh, But we will be putting all new videos up at YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. So I urge you to go subscribe to that right now. I also urge you and thank you for listening to our podcast lately, especially the show on Tuesday. It was a big hit with Todd Martin. I appreciate all those who may have been first-time listeners. If you're back for more, I encourage you to uh, spread the word. Obviously, if you liked it the one time and you are back, then others may like it as well. And I want to thank you so much for sticking with us and, and continuing to check us out. I really do appreciate it. So thank you all for that. We'll be right back with Dylan Hales and Jeff talking Extreme Rules in just a moment. Welcome 
back, everybody. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins. It is Shake Them Ropes, episode 79. We all just watched WWE Extreme Rules. And to help us talk about what all happened on this three-hour extravaganza, we are joined by Dylan Waco, at Dylan Waco on Twitter. Dylan Hales is on the line. Dylan, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, That's all I have to say for that. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing great. Let's talk some raps. We're gonna talk some wrestling, Dylan. Um unfortunately it's not gonna be Southern Indies. Oh, oh damn. I know. I know you're very excited for those who follow uh Dylan Waco on Twitter. It was a lot of Southern Indies talk today, at least what I noticed. Oh yes. What's oh, happening? Yes. Before, a... Yeah, before we get into extreme rules, what's happening down there? Why are you so excited about the Southern Indies right now? Well, I mean there's a okay. So on the latest episode of the Wrestling Culture Podcast that I co-host with my comrade from the Great White North, Dave Musgrave, we actually uh, book, sort of fantasy booked a king of indies for each of our relative backyards, his being the Ontario area and mine being the American Southeast. Uh, so I was and, and I'm a guy who scours YouTube to watch the most obscure things anyway. Yep. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's actually where my family is from originally in Chattanooga, uh, where my brothers live now, my father and everybody. There's actually a lot of stuff going on on the independent wrestling scene in that general sort of Atlanta to Chattanooga corridor. And I'm going to for a visit here in about a week and I'm going to see a few shows, including a show. In Piedmont, Alabama, on May the 8th, that is main evented uh, by AJ Styles versus Jimmy Rake, which I'm really excited to see. So, a rematch 10 years uh, yeah. in the making. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of kind of neat. The two guys who um, maybe might be the most uh, interesting people to sort of emerge from that Georgia wild side indie scene in the early days of the indie wrestling boom. Oh yeah. Uh, and now one of them happens to be arguably the best wrestler in the world. And the other one has actually had something of a career resurgence in the last year or so. Jimmy Rice had a lot of really good matches. It's just, he's not working for big time name indie groups. So I expect that would be a really good match. So I'm pretty excited to go see it. I love when when Gabe was booking Ring of Honor and he knew that he wouldn't always have Samoa Joe and he wouldn't always have CM Punk and he wouldn't ha- always have AJ Styles. But he had this deep down suspicion that he would always have Jimmy Rave. So he kept pushing <laughs> Jimmy Rave up top. I mean, he, he feuded with Punk. He had the cage match blow off in Chicago. He feuded with AJ over the Styles clash. Like he tried to make Jimmy Rave the guy that he knew would just be there for all time. Yeah, I. you know what? People give him get, like... He's one of those guys that you either really love or hate, like some of the people on this show we're about to talk about tonight. I'm yep. ahead. Uh, like but me? I've always really okay. liked Jimmy Rave. I was always a fan of him. Yeah, I was. Not, I didn't hate Jimmy Rave. I thought he was interesting. I just didn't. I wasn't always a big fan of him getting pushed up top. But uh, speaking of pushed up top, we're going to talk about Kane later. We're going to talk about this main <laughs> event cage match. We're going to talk about all that. But first, Daniel Bryan was not on this show. So the longstanding rumors that we all suspected that Daniel Bryan wouldn't be working this show due to injury after he was pulled from the European tour came to fruition. As Jeff and I discussed with Todd Martin on last uh, Tuesday's show, previewing Extreme Rules, we had a suspicion that it would indeed be based on the SmackDown spoilers, Neville and Bad News Barrett. And it was indeed Neville and Bad News Barrett. And Dylan, we will start with you as our esteemed guest. 
What did you think about this pre-show match, Neville and Bad News Barrett, and somewhat maybe a surprise that Neville got the win here? I didn't. I actually didn't think it was surprising that Neville got the win. The I thought it was a little surprising that they didn't make it an intercontinental title match. I I guess in hindsight it shouldn't be. I shouldn't have been surprised by that because you know they stripped Brian of the title last year and like, I, I don't think they really wanted to do that again, mm-hmm. much less in Chicago. Uh, but you know, I I as a match I actually thought it was pretty darn good. Um, I thought the way it was set up and the way it was paced was actually really smart. You know, a, a lot of people criticize the WWE uh, heel tactic of slowing down the match to throw on chin locks or headlocks. And, and I understand why people criticize it. And maybe you could maybe even argue that Barrett did it one too many times in this match, but I actually think it made the hot run toward the end of the match uh, a little bit more exciting than it would have been otherwise. Um, and I think Neville came out looking pretty good. I'm not sure. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for Barrett and I'm not really sure he's in a position to afford where he can afford to be losing right now, but as a match itself, uh, you know, and, and get to give a newer, a fresher guy, a, a win over somebody with at least some relative value. I mean, this isn't Zack Ryder or anybody like that. I guess from that perspective, it was uh, it was a pretty good overall use of talent and a good match and a good opener. Yeah, the opener here, Jeff Neville. I, I they they did the bounce of counters of the, each other's finishers. Neville finally gets the red arrow at the end. The Chicago crowd was hyped for it. Like mm-hmm. one of the fears we talked about was the fact that how this crowd would react when Daniel Bryan wasn't on the show. But it looks like they all understood why he wasn't on the show. It's not like it was a booking decision. There's only so much you can do. And they got really behind Neville here. Uh, and uh, Neville gets the win, Jeff. I believe I had that in terms of Neville. Um, or at least the match. I, too, was surprised it wasn't an IC title match, uh, to be honest with you. I, I was surprised he didn't strip him of the title, uh, which is an interesting choice. Is there something to the fact that this might be good news, guys, that they don't expect Daniel Bryan to be out for too long? Mm. I, I, I can't, I mean, I guess that's possible, but my feeling is if the idea is to be building these belts back up, uh, both the U S title and the intercontinental title and the operating theory seems to be up to this point that the way they're going to build them up is to have them defended a lot. And the champions on, on TV, holding the titles and doing things with the titles and sort of being the working man's titles, then I don't think you can really have your champion be out for six or seven or eight weeks mm-hmm. like it defeats the entire purpose of even branding the title in that in that way so um even if it's they're optimistic about brian coming back i'm not sure that it really fits what they've been trying to do um of course that's operating under the assumption that that's actually what they're trying to do I'm 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 skeptical. I th- I think I think they just didn't want the two guys to have to overcome the crowd booing the stripping of the title in Chicago. I still think they may actually strip it for tomorrow's Raw. To be honest with you, that would that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And you know what? I think Neville. I had, you know, I hate to see Barrett lose again, but the fact that they made Neville so strong here, kicking out of two of his finishers, his old finishers, I thought. Uh, I thought Neville needed a little bit of a reclamation project. I thought this match gave it to him quite a bit. Reclamation projects Mm -hmm. abound for the two of these guys in the future, I think, because 
Or they just keep going on the downhill. Oh, we had... I think. I th- oh, don't get me wrong. I think he's losing to Barrett on tomorrow's Raw. I think he is. Jeff Hawkins <laughs> oh, killing. Yeah. yeah. I... Well, they, they. I mean, they protected Barrett. I mean, Jeff makes a good point. And one of the things I really like about Barrett and a guy like Sheamus, too, for that matter, is that he has sort of multiple finishers or things that have been used yep. as finishers yeah. in the past. So you have these moments that are legitimate near falls, not BS near falls that are just thrown in because, you know, you need a 2.9 in every match. But I, I, I would not be the least bit surprised because they ultimately still protected Barrett's actual finish. You know, Neville right. escaped it. He was never hit by that, which right. is good. Yeah. I'm glad that they protected his actual finish. But I do think that opens up the possibility for him getting bull hammered into oblivion tomorrow night. If he very well could. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper kicked off the actual Extreme Rules pay-per-view. It was a street <laughs> fight. And I know there's comments to be had about this one. Uh, but Dean Ambrose <sighs> got the win. It was his first singles pay-per-view win since Night of Champions 2013. So I predicted that the streak would continue, that he wouldn't win here. I was wrong. Thank God he finally get his win here. Uh, Dylan, I mean, the thoughts that start off with uh, with this street fight. And and really, we actually had matches in between this because, as we'll talk about, th- it kicked off the show. It was not the first result of the show, Dylan. I, I don't know how to feel about this, Matt. Like, and not just because they did the... The, the gimmick where they brawled to the back and then got in the car and drove away and then came back later to the show. I mean, obviously, special. obviously that's going to be like the thing that is sort of going to hurt the match for lack of a better way of looking at it for a lot of people. What was weird to me about this is these are two guys who it's not that they don't need the plunder. Well, they don't need the plunder, but I, I just thought when you consider the fact that what was going to happen later in the show with the big show and reigns match, and I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but when we knowing what was going to happen in that match, most likely and what actually did happen in that match, I'm not sure that they, this match should have even been worked the way it was worked. It was like, we're just going to throw out a bunch of chairs and tables and canes and all the sort of usual props. And we're going to kind of go that route instead of having a fight of having that element of a fight which is like what i think of when i think of chicago street fights or street fights in wrestling i think of the horsemen fighting doom at Starcade or something of that i don't mm-hmm. i don't think of guys sort of going through the litany of pre-staged props that are at their i mean for that type of match i thought it was a very well done match and i thought there were some good spots and i think both these guys are really really good but i it wasn't the match i wanted to see and on top of it even though I do like Dean Ambrose a lot. I mean, they've basically turned him into a comedy character at this point. He was effectively still a comic comedy character tonight. Yes, he got his win, but it, I mean, it was the match was treated like a you know a joke, really, like a like literally a comedy segment. Yeah. Um, yes, it ended on kind of a brutal note, but that's how it was built. And and Barrett lost, Harper lost. There's some other heels that are going to lose later on on this show. For a company with no heels, they did nothing on this pay-per-view at all to help that problem at all. <laughs> it's it, it's worse coming out than it was going in, which is shocking. Jeff, there was a lot of a lot of goofiness because everyone's going to remember the fact that they drove away mid-match, had the rest oh. of the show in between before they actually came back. They're not going to really remember much else about this, are they? No, but this is I mean this this was Cactus Jack versus Van Hammer pretty much in terms of that one where 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 it was paused for a while while they battled in the back and then it came through the 
came through during the rest of the show again, ending up all they needed now was uh, Renee Young being put in a trough trying to get an interview. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm not they, they came very close with them breaking into the interview segment with the New Day. Um, I agree somewhat with Dylan, uh, but I also realized I think Dylan's. He had too high of an expectation coming in. This is what WWE street fights are now. I mean, I love old school. I loved that Doom Horseman match. Don't get me wrong. I love color in my street fights. I love it being a fight fight rather than a match with a bunch of crap in it. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun, but I didn't take much out of it other than I thought maybe eventually Am we're getting Ambrose and uh, Harper as a tag team after this because of the New Day thing. I, I had an inkling of that suspicion. But no, he's a he's a cartoon character now and this is what we're gonna get this is the this is more or less wwe's version of cactus jack yeah goofiness follows dean ambrose like you yeah. can't escape it everything is going to end up in some goofy fashion i thought it was clever him them driving away my thing was i wanted little nature in a car behind them following them and they'd get go into like various <laughs> locales in chicago and fight it out i thought they might be going with that but the way they did it was fine that i thought I, it was just it was just kind of, you know, it's it's a match. Nobody's going to remember it. The, you know, the, the the battling chairs throwing in and stuff. It's it's like every other hardcore match now that WWE has. It just really doesn't mean all that much. If you have Harper and Ambrose drive off and then Charles Robinson doesn't know what to do. So he gets in his rental, his tiny little yeah. like, Prius or something come like on. that. Bye. Chasing him by. And then you see Ambrose and Harper come back. And all of a sudden you see the Prius in there right in the time to make the count. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> why not go all the way if you're going to do that gimmick why not go all the way stop into giordano's or something and and have a fight and eat some pizza and you know just go all the way with the goofiness of of the chicago street fight the <laughs> kiss me arse match and i apologize to all of our listeners overseas who keep thinking that i'm trying to do an irish accent apparently by saying kiss me arse that's what they called the match I don't care if that's the correct pronunciation or not. That's what they call the match. So it's the name of the match. I'm sorry. I apologize. But Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph Ziggler won. Sheamus did not. Dolph Ziggler, however, was the one who unconsciously had to kiss Sheamus's ass. Guys, we'll start with you, Jeff. The work in the match I thought was somewhat interesting just because these two have wrestled so many times on Raw and they've gotten lengthy matches that I did not find a way they would do something different, and I thought they kind of did. I thought Dolph was a little bit yeah. more aggressive than usual in a somewhat good way. Uh, Sheamus was just a beast. I love Sheamus in this match. He was awesome. I mean, the whole presentation of him right now is just phenomenal to me. Uh, but what do you think about this match and the fact that uh, Dolph Ziggler got the meaningless win when all was said and done? I really liked this match a lot. This is the, this is the most fun I've had watching a Sheamus match in, in years. Uh, just because face Seamus just isn't interesting to me. Well, the one. fact that he's also been injured for like three of the last four years. So, I mean, well, that's, well I mean, okay, fine. But, but granted, this was so much better than my, him and Barrett that one time on raw followed by the my, next time on raw and the next time my points stand. I got it. I get it. Yeah. Um, the, the finish I thought was fun. Cause I wasn't expecting that. Um, and even even the post match shenanigans, I'm like, I, I I wrote on Twitter because I didn't tweet too much until like halfway through, but it was just one of those. This is stupid, but I'm enjoying every second of it. Just just, just oh that that heel's been been uh, he's been one up 
yeah. on his own stipulation. And I liked it. I liked the, the entire package of it all. And I thought Dolph looked better than he had in a while also, as opposed to just kind of being a tackling dummy for everybody. Dylan, should should Dolph have been, because this whole Seamus gimmick has just begun, really. It, it started after WrestleMania. It's just started. Should Dolph, in the very first real big match with Seamus, should have been the one to do this finish where he beats uh, you know, a guy who he's trying to beat up on the little guys in WWE. He gets a little over cocky and someone surprise rolls him up here. Uh, should that have happened later on, maybe with someone else? Or what'd you think about the whole finish idea on this one? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the match itself, I agree with Jeff. I thought was really good. I agree with you. I mean, I, yeah. I of course, I love Seamus. I think Seamus has been sort of the most consistent week to week in ring performer in the WWE for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, even though his base character absolutely sucked. I mean, that's undeniable. So th- this, this overhaul was a hugely beneficial to him. I, you know, in, in theory, the way it played out, I thought was, was pretty good because Seamus is frankly a really good heel. Mm-hmm. So he was able to milk it and it almost, I'm not even sure people are going to remember that he lost. He had the crowd with him, you know, they were chanting pucker up and all that, which considering how stupid the, 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 you know, the gimmick was the fact that they managed to succeed in getting the crowd to have even the faintest amount of interest in it. I think you have to consider a plus just that alone. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't, I mean, here's the problem. Okay. It's a big, it's a big picture. It's more of a macro problem than a micro problem in isolation. I could maybe see the argument for for Sheamus losing here, even though I don't really think he should have because he's just kickstarting this gimmick. But Dolph really can't afford to lose either because of what they've done with him recently. And well, but to me, the the bigger point though is, it's another heel who's lost, and the WWE doesn't have any heels. Mm. <laughs> it's like no, they they this is a problem. They no, I, I I get what you're saying. I that's it. Now, Grant. I mean, I know Rollins is a champion. I know you have a heel champion. So the, 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 it's a little bit different because you're not necessarily building up heels to wrestle the baby face champion. But there's just such a dearth of strong heels right now. And coming out of this show, I think it's even worse, which is amazing because it was so bad coming in. And I don't, it's not like Seamus is going to be seriously hurt by this or anything of that ilk. But I just don't think it's. This probably was a match that never should have even been booked, to be honest. Not yet, anyway. Um, because I don't. But the problem is, the problem is, there's just no. They put themselves in such a bad position because nobody has momentum. Nobody can afford to lose. And so what the hell and do the, you do well, when thing, you have a roster full of nobody with no momentum? Yeah, and they're not willing to give time to build momentum for anyone. And you know the Seamus Dolph Ziggler example here is they went right to Seamus and Dolph Ziggler. Like he's not beating up a couple of different names on the roster. He's not beating a Zack Ryder on pay-per-view. He's not being an Adam Rose and then eventually gets the Dolph Ziggler's of the world. And then eventually the Daniel Bryan's of the world where you can start doing finishes like this. They're not giving anyone time to build momentum. They didn't give Naomi in a match that's coming up time to build momentum to a new heel character before losing here. Like they're not in the game right now of letting anyone build any sort of momentum. And that's why you get these results that don't matter at the end of the day, because what was accomplished yeah, in an old school territory, this this would be this would be death. This would be the dumbest booking you could imagine. But I mean, the point is, I mean, you don't now. I mean, without Rollins, you don't even have a next man up that you can bring up once you get the belt off of Rollins. 
I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's baffling. And yet, you know, you're, you're protecting Ryback and squash matches on, on these special events to save him for Bray Wyatt, who's also a nothing heel. So speaking of building momentum, this tag team that everyone's been so interested in, uh, we had the tag (laughs) team title match with the new day and Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. Tyson Kidd and Cesaro had the belt for two months, everybody before losing to a new day team that for the last month has been pushed as a heel team. You know, they're starting to speak a little bit more about their motivations as, as goofy as they may be at this point. But instead of building up to this eventual match with the new day challenges for the title, we got the, the throwaway match with the Lucha dragons on raw. When, uh, you know, Todd Martin talked about on our show last week, how he thought the Lucha dragons were a natural buildup to a match like this, but no, they give it to the new day. And then the new day just wins the tag team titles in a goofy finish. Uh, you know, one of those, where you get tag team partners distracting the others and whatnot. So we have new tag team champions, the new day. So now is their time apparently to build momentum. If you want to keep using that phrase here, uh, where they can start being a serious heel tag team. And we're going to start seeing maybe the Lucha dragons or another babyface team come up and challenge them. But we have new tag team champions uh, in under 10 minutes, the new day win Dylan, your thoughts on the new tag champs, your thoughts on the new day in general, and any other observations of the tag team division in WWE. Well, I will say this. Um, as a, I, well, first of all, it's hilarious that they're over as heels. Like in the WWE, more than that, the WWE tried to, decides to push them as heels based on the fact that the crowd thought they sucked. Right. Think about that. I mean, that's the, the entire basis for their, their push as heels is the crowd thought they were terrible. So yeah. they got to push. Do you think, so, on that yeah. note, just because you just said it, Dylan, do you actually think they're over his heels right now? Or are the reactions to me, the reactions are kind of the same. I mean, they're still doing the new day sucks chant. They don't, I don't know if they really want to see them and are just booing them for that regard or just are still not enamored with the team one bit. Like, do you think they're over his heels? I think they are getting over his heels. Okay. And I think they are, I think they are well positioned to get over his heels because I actually think Xavier Woods has potential to be a pretty good heel manager. And yeah. um, I think Kofi is not very good, but he's easy, in my opinion, but he's easy to disguise, disguise his faults in tag team matches. And Big E is, in my opinion, pretty darn good mm-hmm. and arguably better suited to be a heel in a lot of ways. Um, I, here's the benefit to them winning. The, the benefit to them winning is they've got three logical tag teams that they can they can challenge them even before the Usos come back. The Lucha Dragons, the primetime players, and then, of course, the rematch versus Cesaro and Kid. So they have three built-in programs pretty much right away. Yeah. And they've already done something to set up the Lucha Dragons pro- program, so it's not like they have to set that up. In fact, they've even sort of done something to set up the PTP's program. Um, so in theory, they've got three programs right away. Um, the... The problem is Cesaro and Kid were an act that was very over. And if I thought that this was going to go anywhere for them individually or even as a, you know, a series of really good matches, I might not be irked by this, but I'm a little bit scared mm-hmm. because I don't know what they're going to do with those guys. Now, now, as a match, I thought the match was very fun. I thought it was a very fun spot fest. Uh, you know, I thought Cesaro was absolutely on fire. I thought it was the best he's looked in the ring in a while. And he's been good. For, I mean, great, really. But to me, this was like the best he looked since last February. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked absolutely tremendous in this match. 
so as a match, I thought it was very, very good. And I don't have a problem with New Day winning. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's the wrong decision. It's just I don't have any faith that they're going to do anything of note with Cesaro and Kid, either as a unit or singles after the fact. And that scares me because it may be another Cesaro reboot that goes nowhere. And, uh, you know, for a guy as good as him, that's ridiculous. And that's to say nothing of Tyson Kidd, who's also really good. I, I thought it was interesting in this match how Cesaro was in there with Big E and Cesaro was playing the power guy. <laughs> you got this, you got this well, he champion. <laughs> yeah, he's the, oh, he is. I know, but it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, he's a little bit taller, but you got Cesaro in there tossing around the champion power lifter like crazy. Jeff, the new tag champs of the new day, your thoughts? <laughs> I had no issue uh, with it either. Um, mo- most of my sentiments echoed Dylan's. I-, I thought I thought both teams really worked well together. Uh, my my fear is, of course, now this is going to lead to a uh, uh, breakup angle between Kid and Cesaro and a Cesaro reboot uh, as well. That's how we always feel about these things, isn't it? Yeah. Though? Like when a tag team loses, like because WWE has done this, we have a right to feel this way because it happens. You lose one match and all of a sudden you start teasing dissension. Michael Cole, the very first thing he talked about after this was, I think Natalia might dump Tyson kid. Now. I mean, you're going to just keep going back with these uh, dissension angles just because you lose one match. And Dylan talked about how you have three potential programs all built up. We talk about not building momentum. I wouldn't be shocked if we have a four way tag team match on the payback pay-per-view. Just throw them all in there at once. I I think they're going to turn, I think they're going to turn Cesaro and uh, kid back heel immediately. Just to, just because they don't want three heel or three face teams against, uh, against the new day. Um, That said, I think they missed an opportunity in the narrative of the team in terms of the match, because uh, I, I do admire the dread puffs on Kofi, but, but a lot of this match was about Kofi Kingston learning to be a heel when it's unnatural for him. I know, I know that's what Dylan was kind of hinting at, but you'll notice, I mean, he was trying to get the face uh, claps going. And then by the end of the match, he's grabbing the tights and pinning him. I thought that was an interesting storyline thing that nobody picked up on in the commentary um because he was doing things the right way up until the end and he just decided screw it i'm gonna cheat um i i like the new day act i think they're improving as an act uh i myself i i think it was you could have built these two teams up as a rivalry um and feuded them later i think it was a little bit too quick to push them in together yeah. Unless you're gonna, unless you're gonna make them transitional for the Lucha Dragons, which I don't think you're gonna do. Uh, Xavier yeah, was really good, I thought, as yeah, being heel manager no. here. Um, I don't know about Big the transition. Biggie Big e doing a lot of the diving spots impressed me tonight. Well, yeah, he was the small guy. Back to that, yeah, because he was a small guy in the match. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> but I, I, I find it interesting too because we've had uh, in 2013 there were two tag team title switches. In 2014, last year. There were five tag team title switches. We've already had two now this year. I just find like I think we're in for like a rapid fire exchanging of the titles over the next several months. Like you, I, could, you could be, and and you know what? I'll, and I'm actually going to take the contrarian position on this a little bit and say that might not even necessarily be a bad thing. Sure. As long as the matches themselves are featured in a reasonably prominent way, given time, and these guys are allowed to get over through their work, mm-hmm. because. A team like the Lucha Dragons is going to get over through their work. They have gotten yeah. over through their work. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind somebody getting like a month or a six-week long reign or whatever. But 
I don't want it. I don't want that to lead to teams breaking up for no reason. I know. I know. <laughs> you know See, I, I, that's the problem. I, I think there's another problem. I think with the rapid fire belt switching from from team to team, just knowing WWE as we do and how they like ta- how they don't necessarily care for tag teams, they're going to be looking for who's the breakout star on each team and can we push him as a singles guy? They're going to be looking at Titus on the primetime players, Callisto on the Lucha Dragons. <laughs> I don't think Cesaro, they're going to be looking at Titus anytime soon. I think as much well, as I, I wish mean, they would, they're not well, going to. Well, I mean, I think they might. I think I think they might see because who, of the personality thing. In terms of in terms of if they give him the belts and they give him a bit of a run, they're going to see can he carry that championship heft. Who who's the guy that could break out in this team and then let's trade wins with Dolph? That's what will happen. I'm just saying that's what they do with tag teams. They look for the breakout star in a tag team. That's all they always do. Poor Connor and Victor are going to end up (laughs) wrestling each one of these teams and losing on a Raw or main event or SmackDown. I mean, they're just going to be the team that everyone gets to uh, go over on. Yeah, they're going to be be on superstars beating the the Matadors. Uh, We had the result of Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose now as uh, Dean Mm -hmm. Ambrose gets the pin over Luke Harper in 56 minutes and 10 seconds, the longest match of the night and it's over uh possibly the longest wwe match uh for the foreseeable future too i would imagine yeah had a long time a long time this match went technically uh we had john cena defeating rusev in the russian chain match it was a four corners match they did the usual i, I got a little tired of the repeated uh rusev going to each corner then getting stuck in an AA. I mean, they did that twice, uh, maybe three times. I may have forgotten a third one, but they did it a little bit. I, I wasn't in love with this match. Um, whether it was the stipulation or not, I just didn't like how they repeated different things. But Dylan, I, you and I are on the, the bandwagon big time on Rusev. Is that waning any for you? He's, he's done. He's, he's a dead act. He's over. Well, that's. Uh, the, he, I want to say before we go on, I want to hear why it's a dead act. But on the Tuesday show with Todd Martin, he said Bray Wyatt was a dead act. Now we got Rusev as a dead act. These were the two big guys who were supposed to be the big heels in the future. And now we have two guys claiming they are dead. And I want to hear why, because I don't think you're wrong. Well, but here's here's the problem, okay? And he's very talented. And I think he's going to stay over in defeat no matter what. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, to a degree. But the problem is there gets to be a point where when you lose in the matches that matter over and over, it doesn't matter if you stay over in the sense that the crowd still responds to you or if you know how to work a crowd for that matter because you can't beat down the psychology of people. You can't enter their brains and convince and like because it becomes an internalized response that this guy is not an actual star. Mm-hmm. It, it, it becomes just an aspect of... Uh, the internal brain chem- uh, chemistry of fans. Well, that guy's not a star because look how they've been. Tra- I mean, I, I've seen it time and time again. You see, you can go back through the history of wrestling and see it. I mean, probably the most famous example is Lex Luger. You know, he lost the big one over and over and over again. And he, it wasn't like he wasn't over later. And there were times where he was really over. You go back to 1997 when he beat Hogan for the title on Nitro and it did that huge rating, got a massive hop. But Luger was never the same because after he didn't beat Flair for the title. I mean, he was never the same. And Rusev is never going to be the same after tonight. I think losing a Mania was really bad, but I didn't think it was necessarily a fatal blow. I think tonight is an absolutely fatal blow, especially knowing that they're going to follow it up with the I Quit match. 
because it wasn't just that he lost. It was that he lost in a unbelievably decisive and dismissive way. Yeah. I, 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 I said on Twitter that this was basically the equivalent of Triple H pedigreeing Booker T at WrestleMania and then taking an hour and a half to cover him. And I absolutely stick by that. I think this was just as egregious as that. Uh, because it did, I mean, Cena didn't even look, he just sort of like casually strolled over to the corner afterward, like, whoo, who's next? I mean, it wasn't, he gave off no indication at all that Rusev was any sort of threat to him whatsoever. And Jeff, I, I, oh, go ahead. I just thought it was awful. I thought it was, <laughs> I, the match itself, I thought was okay. I actually didn't hate the match uh, up into the, the finish, but the, the finish was just one of the worst finishes that the WWE has done in recent memory, which is saying something because they've had some really bad finishes. I thought this was a terrible finish. Hot, uh, hot take, show Jeff. Show of bad finishes somewhere. Jeff, can you top that hot take from Dylan? Uh, <laughs> top not it. Only, top okay. that hot take. Not only is Rusev done, Lana's done too. Whoa! Whoa! Because they're going to do something dumb like <laughs> maybe bring Vince back as an on-screen character, make Lana his personal assistant. Oh, Jesus, stop it with this. I mean, <laughs> stop it with this. There's no, re- there's, well, no, there's no reason to break up this act. There's absolutely no None. reason to do this breakup angle other than to, fu- to mess with them. Yeah, way to save Personally. yourself. Way to censor yourself there, I, Jeff. Good I, job. Yeah. I don't have no, to put I'm, the explicit tag on. Yay. I'm um, working on my swearing. No, but, but, but see, I thought this match wasn't very good either. Just because, you know, kind of kind of the same way Dylan is with the Chicago Street Fight. I expect certain things out of a Russian chain match that I wasn't <laughs> do, getting. Oh, do you? Like like maybe choking a guy with the chain. Can't do it. Which never happened. Can't do it. Well then don't do the match. That's, can't do choking. Simple. Can't do bashing someone's head into the ring. No, can't, you can't do anything decent with the chain, so why bother? Can't do blood. I mean but I mean why are you splitting this act up and why are you give why are you sending Lana off to the to the Lannisters and why are you <laughs> and and yeah I mean an I quit match is going to kill him it's going to absolutely kill him because he shouldn't even be getting this third match after two decisive losses it's just ridiculous cool him there, off take him off TV for a while it's terrible i mean again i'm i'm a rehash another twitter joke here and i'm not going to censor myself rob because we're not oh. on sports byline usa so I Do can it. say whatever I want. Explicit the, tag, uh, I'll have it ready. The, I, I can say whatever I want. And I what I what I said on Twitter, I'll stick by this, is I think you may as well have Rusev, after he loses the I quit match, come out and challenge Cena to the winner of the next match gets to, gets to fuck the loser's mother. Because that is how buried Rusev is going to be <laughs> after that I quit match. I mean, they they they're there's you're not gonna pos- I mean, it's going to be so bad that it, there's no possible just the, the the screwed up thing about it is that there's really no reason to do this because there's no way Rusev is going to benefit from that match and Cena doesn't benefit from it either. So there's there's absolutely no reason to do the match at all other than the fact that the WWE has decided that there's only a handful of people on the entire roster that are going to be protected, one of whom ro- ro- shows up three four times a year. And uh, the other, another one of whom is the, 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 you know, the figurehead of the company who's, you know, married to the boss's daughter. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe one or two other people that they nominally protect. They don't 
you know, they're not these guys who bust their ass every week and, you know, uh, are, are really the better, best overall performers on the shows and just happen to be heels who need to be protected. Rusev, Sheamus, Luke Harper. Nope. They're taking every, I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's short so circuiting stupid. you. I like it's 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 very stupid i can't i can't even i don't know how to like i can't see how anybody could defend it It, like there's okay go ahead i just say there's certain things that i don't agree with but i understand how people can defend them i don't even know how you would defend the decision to do another rusev cena match and have it be a fucking i quit step i don't understand how anybody can defend that and especially if, if especially it's 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 the worst kind of match to give a guy who shouldn't be beaten down anymore. He's going to quit and basically say John Cena is the better man Ooh, unless yes. he wins, which what I don't I'm, think is going to happen. What I'm thinking here, we have three oh, weeks. Until... Hold on. Let me ask. Let me ask you this, Rob, because you kind of scoffed at this. What do you do with Lana if you split up the act? Well, I don't know what you do. Because exactly. what is, you're going to have this woman who's, I mean, unless she goes on full Kofi Kingston and gives up the Russian accent, like if she just starts speaking in a regular American voice, whatever that may be, if there's such a thing, I, I don't know what you do. I mean, is she just going to start wrestling? Probably not. Is she just going to find another person to manage? Is she? I don't know. Is she going to be, I mean, she might be Triple H's sidekick for all I know, like just because there's no other option really for her. Um, but we have three weeks until payback. So we're going to have three consecutive weeks on Raw of John Cena cutting I never quit and I won't quit, you know, defending America, you know, speeches. The same thing we've heard every time he's gone up in an I quit match. And you did have later on in the show the teasing that Lana is again being blamed by Rusev. Would it shock anyone, even though they kind of already did this at WrestleMania a little bit, if Lana is the one who throws in the towel so Rusev actually doesn't quit? Oh, I think that's probable. I, you know what? Yeah. Either that or Lana throws in something to make them think John Cena quit. Yes. I think one of two things is going to happen in this match. Lana is going to cost Rusev or the Lana thing is going to be a swerve. Mm -hmm. And somehow, you know, uh, it's going to be like uh, that SummerSlam or whatever it was with Flair and uh, uh, Foley where Melina was involved and they, you know, Flair said he was going to beat her or whatever. So, so Foley gave up. I mean that it's going to be, that's it will not I, what it will not happen is Rusev will not beat Cena decisively in an I quit match. Right. There is zero chance of that. None. And that's what's needed and it's not gonna happen. Yes. Nikki Bella and Naomi for the Divas Championship. Nikki Bella retains the championship. Brie Bella got involved in this one, knocking uh Naomi out basically into the rack attack. Nikki Bella gets the win with the help of her sister. I know Jeff, you were worried a little bit for Sasha Banks. I saw let's let, let's let's talk about Bizarro Sasha here. I, I well I Naomi. saw <laughs> I saw tweets about Sasha Banks on here, and I guess I just didn't notice anything. But there were there were people noticing something that wasn't looking good for the old Sasha Banks there. So go ahead and talk about that. A lot of the wardrobe that Naomi came out with, the uh, leather with the studs and the and the glasses, especially, look straight from the Sasha Banks collection. Although they are a different color, um, and you know, kind of the you know, just what we need—another bitchy heel on the roster. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's. I want to. I want to clarify. I basically, I basically said Sasha should super gimmick infringement. I want to clarify that you were talking about the different color of glasses. Yes, 
Okay. <laughs> Very good. Wow, really? <laughs> I, some out there might have been confused. I was clarifying for you. I'm helping you out, Jeff, is what I'm doing. Yeah, and then we get to the match, and it looks like we're going to have another Bella's breakup angle. Really? Yeah. Did I, because, did I because stop the watching at the important part? Because I didn't see nope. that at all. Because the Bellas are working the, face. Wait a minute. What was the important part? <laughs> well, that's true. But was there something that teased? I mean, Dylan, was there something that teased that the Bellas were going to break up? I don't know that there was. Okay. Here, it wasn't teased, but of course, Bree directly led to the finish. Yeah. And I guess because I saw other people say this besides, you know, Jeff. I guess the, the theory is Bree's getting physically involved in this match, which means that maybe Nikki's going to be pissed that she got physically involved, which she didn't show after the match. Or maybe there's going to be this sort of game of one-upsmanship between the two, and you're, it's going to, which would not shock me at all, by the way. Which I, I, I don't. Goes back. I don't. And this, well, this is the thing about the whole way, reason this started is because Nikki wanted Bree to interfere in her matches for her. This is yeah, how the, the angle last- started. Yes, and the la- but the last two weeks the Bellas have been faces and they've been working face both of them. So I mean, this having having Bree do that after after this now brings up well one's changed her cheating ways the other hasn't becomes the Eddie Gilbert Ron Simmons type of thing. And Bree's going to be the one who's the cheater. When the heck is that? E- Dylan's yes. in a dirt bike race. Okay. <laughs> Something going <laughs> yes, on. Yes, I'm 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 uh. I live in South Carolina. Come on. It's a, I know. Okay. It's a state full of dirt bike races. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it's a fine, very fine state. I was going to ask because we don't have blood in WWE anymore, Dylan. We don't have slams to the mat via the head. We don't have choking out. Uh, a Southern Indy would not be able to survive without those things. It would be very tough. It would be a real struggle. There, uh, and not only that, but... Tank cannot curb stomp Rob McCarron on a WWE card. That's right. No, I'm safe in WWE. No more curb stomps for me. I love it. I hear that uh, you quite enjoyed that story, Dylan. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. T- Tank is a uh, uh, a longtime staple of Chattanooga area, uh, area independent wrestling. And uh, somebody that's actually uh, uh, well known to my brothers and uncle and other people that are longtime attendees of those shows. So Tank's awesome. I was greatly abused by that. But yes. Tank yeah, Tank was is. one of my favorite guys. When I saw Tank was on the show, like he's the first person I'm saying hi to and talking to. Yeah, so, real good dude. Yeah. And, and a good and a very entertaining wrestler. Oh, absolutely. Tank was great. Uh speaking of entertaining wrestlers, we had two of them in this next match. It was last man standing, Roman Reigns, Big Show. Jeff, Roman Reigns gets the big win. Big show buried under the table because of course Big Show had to be buried under something. Your thoughts initially on Roman Reigns and the big show. Loved the match, hated the ending. Um, what? For, for one reason. Because logically it didn't make sense to me that, that, <laughs> that, that you could get, that Roman Reigns would be allowed to stand on the table while big show, A, because we've already established that that table is like 3,000 pounds because of the JBL Booker T injury angle from a couple weeks back. Not that continuity is important. But also, why wouldn't big show just stand on Roman Reigns to keep him down for 10 count? That's that's what the only part that just kind of, I went, okay, fine, put the table on top of him. But Roman's standing on the table while, <laughs> while big show's trying to get up. That's dirty pool. I don't know why you that's couldn't. Just- why couldn't you just stand on the guy? It's last man standing. Who cares? You know, if well, you... I agree, but you can't. 
establish that at the end of the match and go, oh, well, now it's okay. Why Why couldn't in a last man standing match, Brian Danielson put on the no lock, keep him down for a nine count, and then just quickly get up? Yeah. Why doesn't Big Show just sit on him while he's while he's prone and go, okay, well, he couldn't get back up. You know, I mean, Big Show's been around for 20 years. You'd think he'd know this. I mean, that's that's the only part that kind of stretched in could. Yeah. It, it 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 basically I just kind of went eh. I mean I liked the table part, but then when Roman came by and stood on it, I went no, don't do that. <laughs> Dylan other Hales. Than that, other than that, I loved the match. I Dylan did. Hales. I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Keep Roman strong, Dylan. Best match on the show. Yeah, uh, I agree. Actually, Ro- Roman Reigns. Uh, and and I, by the way, this wasn't all Roman Reigns. I thought Big Show was really really good. That the Vader yes. bomb did not look good, but other than that, no. <laughs> uh, Big Show was really really good in this match. I thought the psychology of him sort of blowing off the foreign objects was pretty awesome, because then when they got to using those, it felt like they were bigger deals mm-hmm. because he he had, he had taken them out of the equation early. So when uh, they reintroduced them, it felt like they were way bigger deals and they had much more importance and significance. So I thought that was really smart and really well put together and laid out uh you know they did a good job too i thought of teasing you know the the 10 counts i mean there was two or three different times where i thought okay this might be it and and lots of times that's not the case in these matches you're pretty sure this is going to be the finish you know um so they did i I was really impressed by that aspect of it uh too is that they you know uh big show was really well protected in this too and my god they really was as as, as strong as brock yeah in in a lot of ways uh, which was I don't know. I mean, in a way, I think that's good because he's a giant and it makes sense from a psychology perspective. In a way, I think it's insane that Big Show is the most protected heel on a show (laughs) with these other guys we just talked about. And the second was Kane. Yes. But but Reigns, Reigns was really good in this match. Uh, And and I think the real uh, the real big takeaway from this should be that, you know, Roman Reigns has delivered in his pay-per-view matches this year. Mm-hmm. He has shown against three very different opponents, I might add. Very different opponents. And in each match, he was called upon to one degree or another to do different things, but he was also asked to sell in all three matches, and I think his selling is really what made all three of those matches. His selling and his timing of his comebacks. So, I think this narrative of Roman Reigns is a, is a bad work or whatever, we just need to admit that that's just nonsense. I mean... He, he struggled early as a singles guy for a variety of reasons, partially, I think, booking issues that didn't even necessarily reflect his actual talent. And now that he's been put in a position to have chances, I don't care how well the matches are laid out by the agents, these guys still have to go out and execute. He has more great matches this year than Nakamura, or Tanahashi, or Okada, period. He's, he's absolutely delivered in every single instance that they've given him a chance to deliver in, and um, he's getting he's starting to get over. And this, despite the fact that I still believe that there is a element within that company that does not want him to succeed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still mm-hmm. I still believe That's that right. I still believe that they I, I don't think you put a guy like this in a feud with Big Show, given how Big Show was looking overall coming into uh, you know, coming out of WrestleMania or going into WrestleMania. I don't think you do that. If you're trying to keep a guy strong, I still believe there's an element within this company that wants him to fail, but he's getting over. He is absolutely starting to get over. It's, it's slow. He's not the biggest star there. He's not what they necessarily thought he was going to be, but 
people have seen his improvement. He's improved on the mic. He's improved in the ring. He's a guy who's delivering consistently now. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to have his bust here or there because he absolutely will because all everyone does. But he has shown that he can do what you need to do to be a top guy. Maybe not the top guy, but to be a top guy in the WWE. And so that's the big thing. That, to me, that's the biggest takeaway of the whole pay-per-view is that Roman Reigns, I think, has this is there's no longer any doubt that he's a guy who can be one of the top guys. And and you know I think I th- I, I'm happy that they didn't do the finish where it's both guys struggling to get to their feet and then Big Show falls and Roman Roman stands tall. I thought I thought ha- having him get the decisive win over a, a heel that throughout the match was built up was very very s- smart. And I also thought you know what him going through those two tables from the t- from the choke slam maybe that Tommy Dreamer moment where yep now the now the crowds kind of are are behind him a bit now now he's not. He's not the protected guy. He's going to take some bumps for the company and he's going to, you know, he's, he's, he's quote unquote hardcore, so to speak. I think they, I think they still need to give him better promos coming out of this, but uh, I think this might be, that might be the moment where we go, where we go. The, the worm is turned on Roman Reigns. Yeah, there's two things with Roman because yeah, I, you saw there were Twitter comments abound that people were surprised that the Chicago crowd of all crowds were, we're not completely dumping on Big Show and Roman Reigns. They they were receptive to this match. They got into it by the end of it. And yeah, part of that is you're not going to boo a guy who just got choke slammed through two tables, no matter what. You cannot like the guy. You're not going to boo him. You may be indifferent. You're not going to boo the guy. But Roman Reigns here, I, I think it's smart the fact that they moved him down the card here. He wasn't the main event. Uh, he was the semi-main on this show, but really the third, maybe fourth more, most important match on this show. Like, he can win matches and get strong pushes. The crowd was rejecting the fact that he was getting the strong push so hard on the top of the card over their favorites like Daniel Bryan. But if you push him strong in the middle of the card against guys the crowd wants him to beat, like Big Show, I think that's a trend that can continue and be a way, as Dylan put it, that Roman Reigns can get over again. Because he is starting to get over again. It's not just the house shows. He's getting over on TV. He's getting over on pay-per-views because the crowds want to see this guy beat people like the Big Show and beat people like Kane. And hopefully the days of Big Show beating Roman Reigns on a random Raw before WrestleMania, no matter, you know, hopefully those days are over. I'm hoping. And I mean, if he's, here's the thing. If he's going to have great matches, which he has had at least three of them this year. Yeah, three. On, on, on big stages, you know, all yep. of them. If he's going to have great matches, a lot of the people who have been the most sort of reflexively opposed to the idea of his existence as a human <laughs> are going to maybe begrudgingly, but they're going to turn on him too and go full on in his camp. Because ultimately, if he delivers in the way he has delivered, his matches will become aspects of the show that people look forward to mm-hmm. and that has that is how Dolph Ziggler got momentum that's how Daniel Bryan got momentum I mean that's how all these guys have gotten momentum that all of our favorites is smart fans or whatever that's how all these guys have gotten momentum by having their matches be aspects of the show that people look forward to now he's never going to be quite like those guys because his working style is different enough but he does have his big spots and he will bump. We now know that for absolute oh, yeah. sure. So there's no reason that he can't sort of draw from that audience too, unless they're just going to completely dig their feet in on the guy. And I thought that might be the case for a while, but 
I, after tonight, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think people are, are you know, they're coming around to, I don't think they want to. I, I think <laughs> like, it, I think people almost, um, you know, it's like, I don't want to believe that this guy is good uh, with yeah. certain people, but it's hard to deny it. You know, it's like, it's like John Cena in 2007 where there were still people saying Cena sucks, Cena sucks, Cena sucks, Cena sucks. And whether you like his character or hate his character, after the fifth or sixth pay-per-view match that's legitimately great, it's kind of hard to say Cena sucks. You might say you hate his character and you wish he wasn't booked the way he was, but you're still, I mean, his matches are still causing you to go, lose your mind. So He's going to be the one to benefit most from Daniel Bryan being perennially injured because they're, they're, they're not going to have that guy to, it's not going to take away from Roman anymore. It, it, the more that Daniel Bryan gets hurt, so to speak, or the longer he's out, it's not going to overshadow Roman. So Roman will be a, a Roman will be a beneficiary of that. I think as well. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent true. The Ryback came out and beat up on Bo Dallas. You can either comment mm. on this segment in five words or less, or pass. No other option, Jeff. You may go first. Surprise! Bray Wyatt didn't show. Oh, well done. Improv master Jeff Hawkins. Dylan Hales, five words or less or pass. Hoping for Scientology gimmick. <laughs> Very well done by the both of you. This is why this is a time where I enjoy being the host because I can yeah. put others on the spot. Because if I was on the spot, I would say, uh, uh, fine. That would be my, that would be my comment <laughs> on this match. Um, not even a match, a segment. Good, hooray, Ryback. But yeah, no Bray Wyatt on the show. I guess we'll find out what happens on Raw. You got to figure that one of these days he's going to show up on TV in person, actually do well, something. Well, hold on, hold on. Bray did have another irrelevant promo on this show. Oh yeah. Did he ever? I mean, I don't... Bray did. It was on the pre- it was on the pre-show. Oh, I didn't see it. He he, he said he said nothing, so you missed nothing. Yay! I <laughs> now, never now missed if, anything. Now, now if Ryback gets a Scientology gimmick, will his finisher be go- going clear? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, the cage match with Corporate Kane as the gatekeeper for the WWE Championship. The RKO is banned. Asterisk. So what would happen? <laughs> Seth Rollins won going out of the cage after delivering an RKO. Dylan Hales, this main event and the finish that is going to be argued and debated for many minutes to come. Well, it was the um, the second stipulation of the night that was completely ignored. Uh, if you go with also the Seamus, uh, or not delivered upon, the Seamus-Dolph Ziggler match. Mm-hmm. And, and arguably, it was the fourth stipulation of the night that was not necessarily ignored, but sort of oddly skirted around in one way or another if you if you count uh jeff's uh uh theory about standing on the table which i think is actually uh, i get I, I i think that's a relevant point and then you also count the the fact that the actual street fight component of the chicago street fight was never shown on television so, <laughs> when they were on the streets literally yeah it was ignored it was a so chicago was arena fight a chicago street fight so um, it, this was a very odd card in that way. Um, yeah. Yes, it was. As a match, I I did I did not think it was a bad match. Um, <laughs> I thought there was a couple of 
really nice spot. I thought the superplex spot was really well done and looked pretty pretty darn brutal. Um, I thought, uh, in theory, they tried to set it up in a way, you know, with like Seth trying to run away and all this. I mean, it made from a psychology perspective, it made uh, enough sense. And mm-hmm. um, it, the pedigree was a a, a, a neat little uh, near fall. So I mean, they did some things in the match that were really were good. But the problem is, I don't care about either of these guys. And it's not just that I don't care about either of these guys, but I don't care about their feud. And it's not just that I don't care about either of these guys or care about their feud, but I don't care about the stuff with Kane either. Now, I will I will grant that the the Kane promo on Raw this week was really great. Um and I will grant that uh it, it looks as though, with a lot of the fan base, the the Kane sort of t- Seth, Ron- uh, Seth Rollins t- tension is actually really getting over. But I just don't care about any of these guys. So when the match ends with a nearly 50-year-old man who's not even like a special attraction, like a guy like Sting or somebody, but uh, uh, you know a, a guy who's been there the whole time, saunters into the ring and you know lays everybody out. Um, and I just, it, 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 it's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't even, I don't even understand why in 2015, Kane, who to be fair, uh, again, that promo was really great on Raw. And I thought in general, the way he carried himself in this match and his role in this match, I thought was really well done. But I don't understand why is Kane a featured performer at this stage. It just makes no sense. There's, there's no reason for it. Um, it just goes to show you how terrible they've been about building anybody else up. I mean, that's basically what, what you what the takeaway from that main event is, is yes, you've got Seth, who's a new guy, who's the world champion, but he's basically a chicken shit world champion. Um, you know, and it's not as if he's really, um, been put in a position to come across as the absolute top guy. And he's in there with Randy Orton, who's arguably the most overexposed guy in the company, except for the fact that Kane, who is the most overexposed guy in the company, <laughs> comes in to pick scraps. I mean, it was just, I don't even know. I, it was unfortunate in a way because the previous match was so good that I, I kind of wanted to come out of that, this pay-per-view saying, wow, this pay-per-view it had some booking that I thought was really stupid, but in terms of matches and everything and overall vibe, it was pretty positive. And the crowd was really into the show, which I think was a good sign. But I can't really say that I'm positive coming out of this show because the combination of the, the Rusev stuff and the way this main event was, you know, the way it unfolded with these guys was just, ugh, God, I, I, I ugh, no. So you weren't a fan. I have one thing here, and then Jeff, I want your comments on this main event. Is I get that you're promoting the RKO being banned. Just just about the finish here. The RKO was banned. Now, if you say, if you tell us the gimmick is Randy Orton cannot use the RKO, I get it. It becomes obvious that yes, Seth Rollins is going to use the RKO. So this way you advertise it, and then you can, after the fact, give us the asterisk that, oh, they only said it was banned for Orton, which they never did, whatever. 
I don't know if this is going to lead to any conspiracy where like Randy Orton gets his rematch because Seth Rollins broke the rule or whatever the case may be, or if it's just one of those things that they wanted it to be a swerve on this individual show. But Jeff Hawkins at payback, you kind of have to get Kane in the world title match, right? At least to get it out of the way. After all this story, whether we want to or not, Kane has to be in that world title match, whether it's a triple threat or it's just Kane and Rollins. So is there any way they shoehorn Roman Reigns into this match? Or do you go with that three-way, Kane, Orton, and Rollins? You're going with the three-way. Um, Let me backtrack a bit. I agree. Kane's promo on Raw was great. Randy Orton's promo on Raw was great. I wanted this to be Randy Orton trying to reach down and tear out uh, Seth Rollins' throat in the cage. Um, I think Seth and Randy work very well together, but the story of Kane's choice just really does nothing (laughs) for me. Um, And I know why they're doing it. They're doing it on purpose to get Kane into this match and payback to either take the belt off of Seth so that he doesn't take the fall or to give Seth the fall against Kane so that Orton doesn't have to, to, to do the job and to give Seth a quote unquote quality win, which it won't read in the fans eyes. I just, I don't, there's one other option I, there, Jeff. You forgot. I, no, Kane's not going to be the champion. New world champion, no. Kane. <laughs> no, no, it's one or the other. They're not putting. The, they're not they're, unless it's a ceremonial thing to give it to Brock. But I don't think they're going to go that way. Um, I think tomorrow night, due to the breaking of the stipulation, you're going to get Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins with Kane as the special guest referee. And that's how, and they're going to keep building this three-way program up to payback. I love how they promote, if it is a breaking of the stipulation, because what was the ramifications? You disqualify him in this cage match? Like, what's the ramification? Give the title to Randy Orton? Well, you say Orton used the RKO first, even though he wasn't supposed to, even though it was against a guy that wasn't really involved in the match. It was still banned. They mentioned that a little bit. Um, what so, do you think? so it's all convoluted and we throw it all yeah. out and now we have a one-on-one match with Kane as a special ref. <laughs> what do you think, Dylan, the main event of payback? Do you think they go with that triple threat? I think they will. And this is going to sound odd considering my previous rant, but I actually think the match should be just Seth versus Kane, to be honest, because I think that's the match that the crowd actually wants to see. I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, that's the real program, is it not? The real feud here is Seth versus Kane. Like, that's been the forefront of everything. Randy Orton's been in the background. Absolutely. I mean, as much as I don't particularly want to see it, although, oddly enough, I actually think it would be a good match, to tell you the truth. But I, I I don't have any interest in seeing it. But I actually think that's the match they should do. I don't think it is the match they'll do, because I think they'll do the regret. But if, if, if it was me and I was booking, I would book Rollins versus Kane because I think that's the match that people want to see. I mean, that's the so, match that they've built, and you know, <laughs> and Rollins can win that, and he yeah. can win it decisively, and it doesn't really matter because who cares if Kane loses? And if you if if you're operating from the perspective that you need to protect Orton, you can protect Orton that way. I don't think you need to protect Randy Orton, mind you, but if if that's your viewpoint, you can do it by not even having him in the match. So. Um, I don't know. Jeff, I, I, you're, Jeff's making weird uh, faces. Jeff, your comments I, on Dylan's thoughts. No, no, it's not, it has nothing to do with Dylan's thoughts. I'm, I'm trying to process something because the other rumor coming out of Raw this past week was, ooh, they're setting up the seeds for a Rollins versus Triple H program. Did no. anybody see anything if, in Orton using the pedigree in this match? 
to being something to set up Orton and Triple H. If anything, that might be a SummerSlam direction, possibly. That's, yeah. Because he didn't. Or- Randy Orton busted yeah. out the pedigree to stick it to the authority. Like, who's he sticking it to? He's sticking it to Triple H. Right. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You, you, you can tell who Triple H is going to be programmed against one of two ways. It's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be the hottest guy in the company. <laughs> and Brad Maddox hasn't been on TV for a while, so go ahead. Because that's, who, because that's just how Triple H is. He's a leech. Yep. Or, or it's going to be the guy that they are pushing in the most dominant way. It's going to be one of the other, which those two are not always synonyms. Um, it will be one of those two. Yeah. If, if so, I don't. I can't see him wrestling Orton necessarily because I don't think Orton is going to fit either one of those two things. Rollins might fit one of those two things. So I would not. It would not surprise me to see Triple H versus Rollins at SummerSlam or even Survivor Series. I don't think that would be the least bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, now, I again, I don't really want to see that, but it wouldn't shock me in the least if that is where the long term direction is. The King of the Ring is coming back Tuesday on the WWE Network at 8 o'clock. We're going to have the finals of the King of the Ring. So presumably we're going to have quarterfinals, semifinals on Raw tomorrow night. Jeff Hawkins, who's winning the King of the Ring? Jesus. I don't know. (laughs) Dylan Hales, who's winning the King of the Ring? Uh, Cesaro. I actually don't think WWE knows yet either, by the way. Think they have a plan in mind? Maybe if Daniel Bryan oh, isn't coming back, the Intercontinental title can be on the line in this King of the Ring. Maybe Dean Ambrose, so he can have more props to play with. It's on the WWE Network. It's not a pay-per-view match, so Dean Ambrose could win. Mm. Even though that streak was broken tonight, I don't know. So Cesaro, Dean Ambrose, I don't know who they would give the King of the Ring to. I would think maybe Bad do Ranch. Sheamus again. Maybe maybe this is how you introduce uh, Finn. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're introducing Finn Balor anytime soon, but you never... Oh, man, you know who should win? It should be Luke Harper. Yeah? Just imagine Luke Harper with a scepter and a crown. That's like, bias for me. And he walks Ru- out confused every time, <laughs> like, why am I carrying he's this? Ru- he's ruling over a junkyard. You've got vignettes of him, like, sitting over this junkyard, like this, mar- like this pile of trash yes. in Kent City. Yes, I just want I just want a female say all hail King Hopper, all <laughs> hail King Hopper. That I really want that to happen. I want Mookie <laughs> to be like his surf too. <laughs> well, why not? You know why not? Payback coming up four weeks Love from you. now. There's three Raws in between WWE Payback, only three. So we would presumably have the entire card uh, coming up. I would hope at least on tomorrow's uh, Raw, but you never know. If they focus on the King of the Ring too much, maybe they'll forget that they have payback coming up. I don't know. Mick Foley's Cheap Pops is going to air on Wednesday on the WWE Network. A lot of stuff happening on the WWE Network. It seems they're giving all their new and original programming away for free. All of it. Get hooked on this free stuff and then pay for WWE superstars on Thursday nights. That's what they're doing. King of the Ring is usually... A mid card heel title, isn't it? So it's gonna you know, Harper would be a bad. Idea. Oh Sheamus. God, no. not Sheamus again. for the king again. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do, but we'll uh, break out we'll, the antlers. Break out those barbarian antlers for him again. We'll, we'll find out on uh, on Raw who uh, what the direction is. I don't know what they're gonna do, but uh, shake them rope seventy nine. Dylan, I want to thank you so much for coming on to uh, help us recap Extreme Rules, the most important WWE pay per view this entire month. Until the next one. 
until the next one it was very good any final thoughts dylan anything on your mind that you want to get out to the people before we go absolutely i always want to talk for as long as possible to string out these podcasts so they go needlessly long so uh with that in mind all i will say is uh you can people can check out the latest wrestling culture if they'd like which me and dave musgrave just did our our fictitious king of the indies uh for our respective bio regions use a annoyingly pretentious term mm-hmm. uh and you can follow me at dylan waco on twitter and i've got some other things planned for the near future uh and i'm sure people will pretend to be interested in when those things come down the pike so yes thank you for having me on gentlemen all righty shake the rope 79 jeff hawkins good talking to you as usual we'll have to come back and talk about uh, we'll have to work on our schedules but maybe we should do this after the king of the ring so we can Give our hot takes on Sheamus being a two-time King of the Ring if my predictions go right, which they never do. This has been Shake Them Ropes. Bye. Good night. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.